Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Oh, it hasn't been an easy day, especially in Victoria today, but there is plenty of making news to sink our teeth into. Collingwood have got a new coach, and the AFL say three weeks isn't enough for Toby Green. That and a whole lot more on the agenda. Your say on the news of the day. That's what we do on time on, one 736 736 Yes, indeed. A very good evening to you. Wonderful to have your company. Terrific job again from Dermot Brereton. and the conversations that could. A lot of positive response uh, and a lot of heartfelt response coming through off the temper text to that. 0433981116. If you haven't had a listen, um, it may just be something that could really help you. Um, the conversations that could. SEN.com.au. Especially in times like these when we are doing it tougher um, more than we have or for some people more than they have. Uh, in previous years, um, and for those who have done it tough over previous years, it's uh, even tougher for them at the moment, given what we're going through. So the conversations that could, such an important show that we're really, really proud to bring you on SEN. So SEN.com.au if you missed SEN.com.au if you missed any of it, uh, that's where you can find the podcast, and it is well worth a listen. Uh, this was tough listening today, but it is worth just giving an update on uh, what Daniel Andrews announced today. For those joining us outside uh, of Victoria, uh, appreciate your patience as we play this today, but it is a pretty big announcement for those um, in and around uh, metropolitan Melbourne and uh, Greater Victoria as well. From midnight tomorrow night, the Chief Health Officer has advised that playgrounds can reopen. Uh, also, the Chief Health Officer has advised that from midnight tomorrow night, some of the in-home childcare arrangements that, uh, that had been, uh, had been uh, disrupted by rule changes will be able to uh, tidy that up and have some of those, what are principally long-standing arrangements, reinstated where families have authorised workers in their household. That's as far as we can go in terms of changes effective from midnight tomorrow night. Everything else has to stay in place until on or about the 23rd of September when we get first dose 70% across our state. That's a significant milestone. And it's at that point that the Chief Health Officer has advised that it will be safe for us to do the following. Expand the five kilometre radius to 10 kilometres for shopping and for exercise. It will also uh, be safe for us to extend the time to exercise from two hours to three hours per day. 
There will also be safe for outdoor communal gym equipment and skate parks and things of that nature to reopen. Outdoor personal training will also be allowed with up to two people plus the trainer. Child minding for school-aged children will be permitted uh, in terms of uh, some further changes there. Real estate, uh, private inspections of unoccupied premises for a new purchase or an end of a lease will be permitted. There will be rules applied to that. Construction sites will be able to increase to 50% of their capacity. So that was Premier Daniel Andrews today in Victoria. Again, uh, appreciate the patience of those joining us from outside Victoria, wherever you're listening and however you're listening. Thank you for letting us just get through this. So we know the number. The number's not zero anymore with cases. Uh, we've dismissed that fantasy, and we are now aiming for that 70%. 70% of vaccination. We know that number. We know we can achieve that. That is something that we can all literally roll our sleeves up and get stuck into and get ourselves out of this lockdown. I have absolute faith uh, in the great people of Victoria that we can get that number as quickly as possible. There is, There was, and it was really tough to hear a lot of that and to know that September 23, but there was some positives in it. To all the people that have been following the rules, getting tested, getting vaccinated, congratulations to, to all of you because as the Premier pointed out, you are responsible um, for preventing 6,000 cases from doing that. That is that is a massive positive. Um, and it says a lot about what uh, can happen and the difference you can make just by, and as tough as it is, just doing those simple things of getting uh, tested if you've got the sniffles. Um, as the Premier said, if you've got the sniffles, you've probably got COVID. Just treat it that way. Go get tested. Um, uh, tap into the money that's there for you to miss work if you have to. Um, I know it's easier said than done, but we know how people are, are really, really doing it tough at the moment. That number, that 70%, that is absolutely doable. Um, it's very much like when you're a kid and you wanted to go to the party, but your parents would say, now, have you cleaned your room? No, well, you're not going to the party until you clean your room. And you're like, well, I don't want to clean my room. I don't believe in cleaning rooms. It's like, yeah, but I don't care if you don't believe in cleaning your room. We want you to clean your room. And until you do, you're not going to that party. And you miss the party and you go, geez, why didn't I just clean my room? I could have been at the party. And then you finally clean your room for the next party and you go, why didn't I just do this the first time around? Because now I can go to the party and we want to go to the party. So you might not believe in cleaning your room. It might not be part of who you are. You might think that that's ridiculously making the comparison to Nazi Germany or whatever people are doing on Instagram at the moment. You might want to go and punch on with a cop instead and have a right. But that's not going to do anything. Just go and clean our rooms. We don't want it. And, and then when we get to the party, we can all sit around and talk about how much of a prick our parents are. And that's because that's what you did when you went to those parties. And if you hate Dan Andrews and you want to do all that, you can do that at the party. Let's get to that 70%. Wayne Schwoss has been posting some really confronting stuff about how tough kids are doing it at the moment. Um, kids Helpline is absolutely inundated with calls at the moment. They're up about 150 to 160%. Uh, kids are really, really struggling. Look at what Wayne Schwoss is putting up on Instagram. So if you don't believe doing it for what the government are telling you or what your friends are telling you, but maybe it's helping out the kids who are struggling more than they have through this with this lockdown fatigue. I'm not trying to be preachy. I'm just saying that that 70% now gives us a number that we can really aim at uh, and really hit. So if you are having trouble, uh, Kids Helpline, one 800 um, and also for Lifeline, 13 11 14. Um, and again, I've got people now texting me, my body, my choice. That's fine. That's about you and wanting to do what's best for you. And I understand that this is not about, you don't believe in it. It's not about, it's not just about you. That's all I'd say. It's not just about you. It's about everybody else. And if you are someone who doesn't believe in it and you go and get it done anyway, I will be the first to buy you a beer and shake your hand and say, hey, thanks. Thanks for putting aside your own personal thing for the greater good. Anyway. 
So that was uh, that was Dan Andrews today. Seventy percent. We can absolutely do that. Um, and I'm not trying to be a, I'm not trying to be a mouthpiece for Dan Andrews. I just want to get out of lockdown, and that's how we get out of it. I'm making the comparison that when your parents said clean your room, and you're like, I couldn't give a stuff about cleaning my room. Nothing was going to change their minds, was it? Nothing's going to change his. Get let's get that seventy percent. Let's get that 70%. Hey, uh, in sport, big day today, and Collingwood fans can't wait to hear from Collingwood fans. It, it, it seems like, and if you're a Collingwood member and you're a Collingwood fan, this year has been awful for you. You've had to cop it from everything and everyone about everything that you've done, and a lot of that has been absolutely deserved, and a lot of you have said exactly the same thing. But today, Today is something that you can be absolutely wrapped about, and that is the announcement of your new coach in Craig McRae. And this was him today, his initial reaction about getting the Collingwood job. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. <laughs> Let's face it, this is, um, this is a significant part of my journey, and it's been a long one. You know, 15 years coaching and, and the ability to uh, you know, be resilient and, and struggle and get up, fall over, get up, get up again. I was only sharing a story just before our... Um, Sliding door moments of leaving one club and getting an opportunity at others has been significant in my journey. So, um, you know, I bring all that here and I'm looking forward to taking this club forward, as I said. He also went on to talk about why he went for the job. Um, once I reflected, I just thought this opportunity, this is such an amazing football club. Having been here for five years and seeing what this club is capable of at its best, I, I saw a great possibility. And, um, and then when Graham sent me the brief, um, I just thought everything that I, I, um, I am as a person, as a coach, it just fit the brief. So, um, yeah, then I just had a, had a crack at it. And about his style of who he is as a person. I was just going to ask, I'm just trying to get a handle on um, Craig McRae here at the moment. So what we're seeing at the moment, obviously it's a pretty nervous occasion for you. Um, are, are you always this measured or can the media expect you know, a bit of grumpiness from time to time? What, who's the real Craig McRae? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get grumpy. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> now, this, this, like, like I said, this, there's 82,000 supporters in our, and members in our group and um, for our club and you can't keep everyone happy. I understand that. One thing you'll know from me, Tony, is that I'm happy to uh, to, to take the blows and, and be accountable to to our actions, the way we're playing. Um, but when we start winning, uh, I'm, I'll be quickly passing the buck to others, and, and it's a collective. Uh, this is it's easy to sit here and say it's a one-person job. It's just that's just not reality. Um, football clubs are built on, on many numbers and many people, and um, you know I'm a cultural builder. I'm, I'm good with people, um, and yeah, you know, that's the club that we we'll be forging forward with. So Craig McRae also was asked by TJ about the board issues. Craig, uh, Tony Jones again. Um, can I just ask you um, uh, any concerns at all about what appears to be a looming battle to the man sitting on your left, Mark Corder? No. That never, that never came into calculations at all when you were weighing up whether to jump on board a club that might be a little destabilised at the moment in terms of its administration because of this looming threat or genuine threat? And the answer to that one was no as well. Uh, he spoke about, too, about the possibility of Justin Lepich joining him at the Pies. Lepich's a great friend of mine. I, I just want to say and make it pretty clear that I'm not just going to bring my best mates in. That's just not how, how I operate. I want a diverse coaching group. I want the best people in, in their roles. Um, you know, I, having said that, Lepper's the best I've seen, best I've worked with in his defensive structure. He's an elite coach. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to start conversations with him and, 
and see where that goes. And but again, we're going to maybe two or three other additions that we'll find the best available in the country to make this group better. And this was the one I was really interested to hear about, a message to Pies members. So as I said, I can't wait to hear from Collingwood fans, one 736 736 I want to speak to Collingwood members tonight and just hear for the first time you're having something to be excited about and be positive about because this appointment is exactly that. This was a process that was 90 names on a piece of paper, 90 names. And they've gone through each and every single one of them. They've, in, they've, they've scoured the countryside to try and find their next coach. Collingwood coaching jobs don't come up very often. Uh, and they've gone through a very, very thorough process to find this man. And we'll go through his bona fides in, in just a moment. But I'd love to hear from Collingwood fans uh, and members. I'll, I'll just finish by just touching on our members. Um, you know, there's 82,000 members out there. And not only with Collingwood, but also around the league, they've been you know, paying a lot of money to um, to support their clubs in the industry when it's been a difficult time. And you know, we, I sit here and I'm really grateful and thankful for those people that have um, you know, continued to support our club um, without even being able to go to the games. I'm looking to. Um, it's going to be difficult to to please all of you at the same time, um, but I just want to make sure that uh, you understand we're working. We're going to work really hard to develop winning habits and behaviours that. You'll be really proud of us, win, lose or draw, the way we go about it. So um, I'm really grateful for this opportunity and thanks again for, for putting me in this chair and I, I'm looking forward to getting to work and making this club rise up the ladder like we want it to do. Uh, so he's just a phenomenal appointment. Um, anyone you speak to, uh, any time I've interviewed him, uh, there's not a bad word said about Craig McRae. And we know that the three premierships uh, as a player with Brisbane during their halcyon era, obviously 20 years ago this year that they got their first uh, premiership in that three-peat. Um, but his coaching career as well... Um, this is how you set up a, a resume. Uh, 2007 to 2009, uh, Richmond as a development player and coach. Uh, he was at Brisbane as a development coach. 2011 to 2015, um, a Collingwood uh, development co head of development. Uh, in 2014, by the way, he was the AFL Coaches Association Development Coach of the Year. That should be music to the ears of Pies members and fans. You've got a young list and it's going to get younger, according to Craig. He is the... Uh, quintessential. He is the, the epitome of a great development coach. Uh, has that been awarded as such? He was at Richmond during that premiership run, 2016 to 2020. Um, the VFL coach for Richmond from 2017 to 2019. He's the last VFL coach because the VFL season's been cancelled today, which is more news. Um, so Richmond are still reigning premiers and they will be uh, now for, for uh, after, and not, so for, since 2019 they've been reigning premiers and they'll be going into next year, uh, the third year they've been reigning premiers if the VFL can get off and running uh, again. Um, he was a Hawthorne assistant coach um, and he's now the Collingwood senior coach. So he's highly credentialed and highly regarded. And I, I rang up just to get my own mind around this. Uh, I rang one of his former teammates today in Simon Black and um, these are just some of the things that Simon Black had to say about Craig McRae. He said, one of the best people I ever played with. Um, we've heard Lepper speak about the fact that he used to run the trips and the Mad Mondays, but he put in so much effort into all of those uh, to try and make it as special days as possible as he could for all the players. He said he's the ultimate relationship builder. He's got a great sense of humour. He is... He's someone whose character is first class. He's someone who genuinely cares. And I love this. He's someone who makes you feel better about yourself just by being around him. He builds you up, but he also has a hard edge and he sets high standards. Um, he will 
he and Blackie talked about him as a player, and he said, "Go back in history, and you'll find out that Craig McRae was the very first of the the high pressure forwards." Tackle, chase, harass, lock the ball inside forward 50 and give those uh, key forward superstars that they had uh, every opportunity to, to get more. Um, he had huge respect from the playing group. A warrior, he was tough, he was fierce. So that's high praise from one of the greatest to ever do it. But the, the part about he's a relationship builder and he makes you feel better about who you are just by being around him. He is someone who builds others up. That's fantastic endorsement uh, I would have thought one three hundred seven three six seven three six. so for Pies members I'd love to hear from you today and just get your thoughts on your new coach one three hundred seven three six seven three six. and just for the couple of people that are texting in <laughs> I'm not a Dan Andrews sycophant I've been cursing him at home just like you have but now where there's a number that says 70% that's the way out it's just yeah, there's no two ways around it so uh, I'd rather just grit the teeth and, and get it done and get back to some kind of normalcy. But we're not a political show. We're a sporting show. So we're here to talk about sport. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Collingwood fans especially, I'd love to hear from you. So news about Toby Green as well. Uh, I'll play you the response. It's been quite right, wide-ranging across the course of the day. Paddy Dangerfield and Jared Waitley had a really interesting chat about the dynamic between players and umpires. I'm going to pay, play you a little bit of that uh, as well. Marnus Labashain has spoken today. Uh, and there's a heap of people that have had a lot to say, so we'll get you up to speed on all that and a whole lot more. But time on is all about your say on the news of the day. one 736 736 Some breaking news is coming to hand. Uh, a statement from the Carlton Footy Club. Luke Sayers in a letter to members. I'm pleased to inform you that the board has confirmed the members of the coaching subcommittee that will lead the appointment of our AFL senior coach. The board met last night to ratify the six-person panel which will include football director Greg Williams leading the process alongside fellow directors Tim Lincoln and Paddy Kinnersley, uh, three-time premiership coach David Parkin, CEO Kane Little and the head of football Brad Lloyd. We will now allow this thorough and rigorous process to proceed with speed in a professional and orderly fashion. Sorry. I will communicate with you directly before speaking publicly once the panel has made its final decision. Um... We will now allow this thorough and pro- so the the process and rig so the thorough and rigorous process is starting now. So what were the approaches to Clarkson and Lyon? Is that part of the process? I'm I'm not maybe I'm just not understanding it um, as well as it uh, as well as I could. But it would seem that the process had already started. But now there's this is the other process that's starting. Um, it seems to be in a bit of stark contrast, doesn't it, to what Collingwood have just gone through uh, appointing their new coach. Um, and I'll couple off the text. Um, Helena in, uh, says, Hawthorne member since forever. Great choice. Wish we went down that track um, with Craig McRae. Uh, Pies fan here. Huge relief with the appointment today and excited for Leopard to join too. Uh, though I still miss Bucks and wish he got, he'd got a flag. I feel slightly queasy at bringing in all these lines that beat us in two grand finals, leaving me crying at the G as a kid. Um, But it's change, uh, and I think we can jump up the ladder pretty quickly. What's the highest you think we can finish next year? That's from Marie in Fitzroy. Um, And, Marie, you've gone on and said some really lovely things uh, uh, about me, and I I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. I won't read them all out because it's slightly self-indulgent, and you might upset the uh, anti-vaxxer people that are coming thick and fast for me at the moment. Um, which is good fun. 
Uh, but uh, so where, 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 where do I think Collingwood can finish next year? I don't think you can finish finals, but I certainly, and I wouldn't have that expectation. And I think that if the Collingwood board are smart, they won't do what Carlton did to a brand new coach and say, well, we're going to be playing finals because uh, that'd be stupid. But, and I mean that with all due respect, my grandfather was a, a Carlton supporter for all his life, but it, it wasn't the smart choice to, to put that pressure on um, a second year coach to say that you, you expect to be playing finals. So I wouldn't put any of those expectations on. I'd do exactly what the Brisbane Lions did with um, with Chris Fagan and when, when he and Dave Noble got up there and just go about rebuilding that list, rebuilding the style that you're going to try and play. He's going to have his own style. He said being 18th for inside 50s wasn't going to be who they were as a football team. So he's going to, it's going to take a while to implement how he wants the team to play. Uh, so you've got to give that the appropriate amount of time. Uh, that's going to be a couple of years to fully get his imprint on that. And if you look at all the really successful coaches uh, that have come, yep, there's some that will get a premiership in the first year and then there might be a drop-off. Um, but but if we look at the dynasty coaches over the last uh, little while, their first couple of years, a little bit scratchy, and then you start to see the really steady improvement. So I think you could maybe jump up one or two places next year, but I wouldn't even be putting uh, a number on it if I was Collingwood and if I was Craig McRae, and it doesn't sound like that's what he's going to do either. So I know I didn't really answer your question, um, Marie, but I think maybe, or is it Mari? Uh, correct me either way. But I think I sort of did. I don't reckon. Um, I don't reckon I'm. I don't. Yeah, I probably didn't answer your question, but in in a way I did because I wouldn't even start putting those kind of expectations on. I would just enjoy the the rebuild and and enjoy the process and look for the little wins in um, those young guys starting to perform better uh, and starting to improve. Um, give it a couple of years before you start putting you know, sort of KPIs on ladder positions to it. And I think you'll enjoy it a lot more if you look at it like that. Um, so Toby Green, the AFL released a statement today after Gil McLaughlin said he was perplexed by the three-week suspension given to Toby Green. Um, the AFL wishes to advise that the General Manager of Football Operations, Andrew Dillon, today notified the AFL Appeal Board and the GWS Giants Football Club that the AFL would appeal the three-game suspension imposed on the Giants, uh, Toby Green, for intentional umpire conduct uh, contact against umpire Matt Stevick during the third quarter of the elimination final between the Sydney Swans and the GWS Giants. Da, 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 da. Um, the tribunal found that Green's contact with the umpire was intentional and that it was also aggressive, disrespectful disrespectful, and demonstrative. On that basis, Mr Dillon said, the AFL had appealed the three-game suspension on the ground that the sanction imposed was manifestly inadequate. Mr Dillon reinforced that respect for umpires and the safety of umpires in our game is what our sport is built on and must be protected. As the keeper of the code, the AFL has a responsibility to act in the interest of all in the sport. Um, at the Giants' request, the AFL has actually agreed to defer the hearing of the appeal until after the end of the 2020 Toyota AFL final series. So in agreeing to this request, the AFL acknowledges that the Giants won't appeal the suspension already imposed on Green, which rules him out of taking any further part in this final series. And the travel and quarantine arrangements that the Giants presently are subjected to, which complicates their ability to participate in the appeal. So that's really interesting that they won't actually hear this appeal until after the final series has been completed. So, excuse me, there's been a lot said today uh, from all and sundry about Toby Green. Um, Jared Waitley uh, spoke about, uh, and we'll play this into the break and come back and take your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 
And this was Jerry Waitley today about the what he believes is the mythical Toby tax. It's just sheer nonsense. So this idea that Toby Green gets treated like nobody else does, it, it, that part of it is right in the absolute inverse. So karate kick Luke Dalhouse to the face, that's a fine. Karate kick Newman to the stomach, that's nothing, not even cited. Claw the face of Marcus Bontempelli, get a sweetheart deal for a $7,500 fine and then do it again the next week. That's the only reason he got suspended because he did it again to Lockie Neal. He got a two-week suspension from an elbow to the throat, which the tribunal was happy to cut in half, gave him a 50% discount, which is actually what the Toby tax is. And this time around, it was six weeks down to three on another 50% discount. Spare me your Toby tax. If you've tipped into that, it's beautiful alliteration and it's clever punditry. It's just not true. It's just not true. It holds up to no level of scrutiny whatsoever. Toby Green's the luckiest man in tribunal history. The luckiest man in tribunal history. Uh, our very own Jerry Whateley today, sen.com.au. To hear the full show, one 736 736 is the number to have your say off the text. They should appeal... They should appeal, though. Um, that's come through. 0433981116 off the temper text. Temper mattress like no other. I want to play a bit of what he and Paddy Dangerfield threw around today about the relationship between players and umpires. Steve Canelio has talked about Toby Green as well. Zach Tui has talked about Toby Green as well. Everybody's talked about Toby Green, and you can too. 1300 736 736 is the number. And for the number ending in 913, I've never read a text message that completely missed the mark of what I said before more than yours. Um, you have got absolutely no idea about wh- who I am, what I get paid and um, and you've completely misinterpreted everything I've said and misrepresented it back in a text to me. So I don't even know why I've even bothered responding to it, to be honest. Uh, let's keep moving. one 736 736 We have a, a role and a responsibility as role models for the the game itself and for grassroots football that we do the right thing as players. We set the right example because it's something that is followed and is emulated at the lower level. So there's a clear responsibility there um, of an example that needs to be set uh, and a tone that needs to be set. Did Toby fail in that? Yeah, well, the the clear answer is, is yes. The... The underlying issue is obviously is, is far deeper because of the emotions that sur- are surrounded during a game, the final, um, where you're trying to do everything you can for your team, which clearly Toby was trying to do, and then you you know you have the conversation with the umpire. So it's easier to say upon reflection. It's harder in the heat of battle to sometimes control yourself. But we've got to make sure that um, that situations like that um, don't occur, and that we. We set the right example for for all people within the community playing AFL football. That was head of the uh, Players Association or uh, president of the Players Association and Geelong superstar Paddy Dangerfield speaking to Jared Waitley today, sen.com.au, to get the full chat on the podcast, answering the question on whether Toby Green failed in his responsibility as a role model towards umpires. Paddy. Uh, felt that the penalty was suitable because of the stakes of finals. And it's been an interesting call, that one, and a lot of players have made it. And obviously they know uh, the stakes are, are much higher in finals. But it sort of just occurred to me today that 
he's only Giants are only guaranteed of playing one more final. So there's no guarantee that they'll play the next three finals. They're only guaranteed to play this week. If they win, then it would be two finals that he would have missed. And if they win again, then it would have been three. But in all likelihood, um, I mean, not in all likelihood, but there's a 50-50 chance, let's just say, I haven't looked at the, the odds, that this is the only final that they play from this point on. So the whole idea of it, it's it's enough because three weeks of finals is like six weeks of regular season. It doesn't quite stack up because they're not guaranteed three weeks of finals. They're only guaranteed this week of finals. So would that mean that depending on how far they go, then we redo the penalty on home and away games for next year? It, it just sort of struck me as a bit of a strange justification of it. And that's not a crack at anyone who's made that argument. And, and many who know the game much better than I have made it. But I can't quite see how that sort of works because there's no guarantee of it. Um, Kevin's in Greensboro. G'day, Kev. Hey, guys. How you going? Yeah, good. What have you got for hey me? Hey, guys. Well, as an umpire of over 20 years, what the AFL umpires have got to do is pull the book out straight away and the pen. As soon as an incident happens like that, they must act on it straight away. Not wait until after the game or the next day saying, oh, blah, 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 talk, innuendo, that is rubbish. Local senior footy, if a player done that to me, red card straight away, I know they don't have it in the AFL, off the ground. See you later. No mm. no whiffs or buts. The AFL Umpires Association, if they're listening, get tough on the AFL umpires. That was a report right from the word go. Okay? Don't let it go 24 hours. People talk. Social media kills a lot of things. Hit it on the head straight away. The guy's been reported so many times and people say, no, he's got to get off. You know, you just brush the umpire, blah, blah, blah. No, totally wrong. Three weeks, he is very lucky to get three weeks. Hit it on the head. Young kids watch stuff like that. Mm. You know, they, they shouldn't be seeing stuff like that and let it go and then all of a sudden they get up the next morning and oh, yeah, he's going to the tribunal, blah, blah. Do you, do you understand where I'm coming from? Absolutely. Hit it on the head straight yep. away. Put it in the book. Yeah, and Kev, I thank you for your 25 years of umpiring. Um, that's phenomenal, mate. And we had Rob Kerr on, the CEO of the Umpires Association, last night. Worth having a listen, sen.com.au. And Matt Stevick as well said that the reason he probably didn't report it at the time is because he wasn't sure whether it had been Toby walking into him or was there another player that had accidentally sort of... So he didn't... And he actually didn't feel threatened or intimidated at the time. Um, and even to the point where he sent an email to his boss afterwards saying, look, I can see people are talking about this. I didn't think much of it in the moment, but then that's the idea around the current system that we have, Kevin, that you don't have to make those reports on the day. That's what the MRO is there for, to go through all of these things. Um, and they didn't even file an incident report after it. Normally, uh, the last time Toby did this earlier in the year and Lockie Neal, both those times, I'm told, there was an incident report after them. Um, certainly hear what you're saying, but the process that we've got at the AFL now d means that they actually don't have to, the umpires anymore, like they would have to where you've been umpiring and, and doing it brilliantly, I'm sure, for 25 years. Yeah, that's true. But when's the last time you guys physically seen an umpire report a player? It's a great question. I'm just trying to think. When? I, I mean, when I call, was it? Yeah, I don't know. I called two games a weekend, and I'm trying to think the last time I saw an umpire turn the player around, <laughs> give us your number. There was always a good bit of theatre about that too, Kev. Um, oh, you go back to, you know, Darren Goldsping and a few others, yep. you know, back in the day, Marty Ellis. Yep. Now, if that happened to Goldie, Goldie wouldn't have copped that.
he would have been out with the book and pen. You, you're in straight away. Yeah, no. You don't see it. When's the last time you actually seen an AFL umpire go, right, you're reported? Yeah. They don't. I'm wondering, and I don't know the answer. I know that they don't have to anymore because the MRO's there. Um, and I'm wondering whether it's because they'd want to keep the game flowing and keep the game moving um, and not in flame. I, I don't know, but it's a great question, Kev, and we might even try and find an answer out for you with that. I know that given the current system, that that's exactly what the MRO is there for, to cite all those incidents after the fact. But um, you're right, I can't remember the last time I saw an umpire take a number. Paul's on the road. G'day, Paul. Hi, how are you going? Just a, a couple of quick questions for you. Isn't the, the tribunal independent? Yeah, it is, uh, which is why the AFL have to appeal it rather than being able to overturn it themselves. Well, the, why, why appeal things? That you, you know, what, what are you trying to control? You employ, you employ people to do a particular job, then you don't like it, so you say you can't do it. Well, no, if they were trying to control it, they would just um, put their own ruling in. But that, the, the way that the system works gives the Giants the right to appeal if they don't like the, the sentence, and it gives the AFL the right to appeal if they don't believe the right sentence has been meted down. And they've done it a couple of times before. They did it with, was it Ed or Charlie Kerno? It was one of the Kernos, um, not that long ago. That's the last one so I what, can remember. So, so, so what will happen out of this is we'll end up in court. Uh, what makes you say that, Paul? Well, Sydney did it for um, for Barry Hall. I think they didn't. They they over got the court to um, not override it, but to, to defer it. And so Barry Hall played in the grand final. Um, so, what's going to stop Greater Western Sydney doing the same? I mean, if the, they're not the, happy giant, with the Giants have already the Giants have already said that they're not going to appeal it. That's fine, but but if if say the AFL gives them six weeks, they can appeal that. Uh, they can, but in the statement today, it sounds like that they've um, they're doing this knowing that the Giants are not going to appeal. So, um, in agreeing to this request, so the the Giants have requested the AFL defer this to the end of the year. The AFL have said yes, and in agreeing to that, yeah. they acknowledge that the Giants will not appeal the suspension already imposed on Green. So, um, and then it was on before um, players talking about being role models and that type of thing and what kids should should see and shouldn't see. Then you got someone like last week, you know, again, Greater Western City in Sydney, that Mumford jams his van or bloke's chest. That's, that's, that's good to see as well. I mean, there's that, there's that many, you know, variances of, of what's good and what's bad. Yeah, I mean, I think when it comes to umpires, though, Paul, it's in it. would you agree that it's in a category oh, yeah. all of its own? Yes, yes, definitely. Yep. You should... No way should touch an touch an umpire, and and that brings me up to another point. You know they're saying you know they're role models and the kids shouldn't see it. Well, just put out a, a notification to, for every club from the AFL down to an under nine club. You touch an umpire, it is a minimum yep. of four weeks, a minimum. Yep, Paul, great. And then watch uh, yep. the kids. Hey mate, thank you so oh, much yeah. for calling, Paul. I greatly appreciate it, and uh, and thanks for putting your view across. Thank you, no problem. Uh, Paul on the road. Uh, Luke's in Adelaide. G'day, Luke. Hey, Sam. Uh, really enjoy your show, mate. I listen to it every night. Good oh, on you. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. I just, did you hear the full interview with Jared and Patrick Dangerfield this morning? I did. I'm going to try and uh, find a time to, to play a, a little snippet of it. Was that when they were talking about the... Um, uh, the player is it incumbent on the players to be able to check their emotion uh, and 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 completely stop 
the back chat and the disrespect towards umpires. Is that the, the part of the chat you're referring yeah. to? Yeah, it was fantastic. It is, yeah. It was a, and Jared really pressed him, and I, and I feel like he didn't get the answer that he was looking for from uh, from Dangerfield. And, like, he doesn't have to. He can answer any way he wants. But Jared was certainly pressing him and, and like, to say, as the president of the AFL Association, I think, like, yes, he could... Absolutely, because they could. If they wanted to change it as a collective of players, they absolutely could change the way they treat the, the umpires and, and put a stop to it. Because rugby, rugby union, they call the umpires sir just about. The players sit there and, and listen to what they're told. Same as rugby league. They, they stand there, they listen, and then they walk away and they don't say it. Like it's completely, so it is obviously possible. So a little bit of a, a, a cop-out from Patrick Dangerfield. I guess he's trying to represent the players without having spoken to them to that level. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was an interesting chat with, with, with um, Jared. I think he handled it pretty well. I think, and for those who have, and we probably don't have time to play the full thing because I'm out of here at eight because the uh, uh, the driver's seat is up next. But you're 100 percent right, Luke. I thought it was a great line of questioning from Jared, but it was I was really I thought that that Paddy held his line well also, and he made a great point too. And and he, and and for those who haven't heard it, it, it might be frustrating to hear <laughs> us sort of pontificating on it. But but go and have a listen to it. Paddy spoke about the fact that yep, it, it's a fair request to say. To, to, to be able to temper your emotions, to make sure that whenever the umpire makes a decision that you just don't say anything. But he did make a great point about we play with passion and emotion and aggression. So the, the emotion and passion that you love when a player scores a goal, that's the release of that in the moment of jubilation and joy for that and when the players win. Just as when something doesn't go the player's way, the expression of emotion comes out that way. And is that perfect and ideal? No, it's not. But he talked about the fact that it's sort of hard to temper one and not the other. I thought it was a, re- it was a really, really interesting chat, and I'm glad that uh, you enjoyed it, Luke. And um, for those who didn't get to hear it, sen.com.au, uh, I'll try and get a little bit for you um, if we've got time before we finish up. Kev's in Cranbourne. G'day, Kev. G'day, Sammy, mate. I just wanted, I felt a need to ring you up and just uh, congratulate you on your commentary uh, regarding the, the vaccinations and getting to this, you know, finish line. We've been given the finish line now, and I think we should all just stop the whinging and get out there and get vaccinated, just like we all challenge each other each year for the Royal Children's Hospital Appeal. We always want to break that, that target. Well, if we can get to the 70% before the 23rd, well, then we might even open up even quicker. So, well done on the commentary. And, and um, yeah, anyone who thinks there's no such thing as COVID, no need to head red. Uh, look, Kev, I, I appreciate the call, mate. Thank you very much. I certainly didn't mean it to be um, a commentary per se. I was just sort of trying to be a bit of a cheerleader. Um, and I certainly wasn't, you know, saying how great Stan Andrews from a couple of texts that have come in. That's just ridiculous. It was just more about just saying, hey, well done to everyone who's been doing this. Let's see if we can get a few more people to do it. Um, we've been given 70% as a target. Let's, you know, let's just crack in and do it. Um, and, and some of the people who are having a go at me are, are bringing up the same points that I brought up before about how much people are struggling, jobs are being lost. Um, kids are really, really suffering at the minute. Uh, kids' helpline numbers calls are through the roof and kids' harm is, is way up. So it, it was just more of a – it wasn't a political commentary. It was more just trying to, you know – bit of rah-rah, a bit of, you know, we can do this. Um, whatever, you know, your, your personal view on, on, on these things might be, sometimes we put them aside and say, right, well, I don't agree with any of this, but, geez, I'm sick of what we're going through now. Um, if this is what it's going to take, then let's just roll up our sleeves literally and do it. That was what it was, Kev. But thanks for calling. I, I do really appreciate it. Um, 
736 Still time to take your calls. I'll see if we can find a little bit. I've only got about three minutes left to play with. I'll, I'll play a little bit of Jared and um, Paddy Dangerfield earlier. Um, Julio, anything I've missed from a news point of view? The the, uh, the VFLW Grand Final, though, um, between Collingwood and John, that may still go ahead. The VFL season cancelled, but they're still trying to find a way to play uh, the finale of the VFLW Grand Final. So that still hasn't um, been completely ruled out yet. Um, the Crows have launched a bid to get Sean Burgoyne over to be an Indigenous liaison officer. Uh, and Ben Simmons has asked for a trade from the Philadelphia 76ers. Aaron Hall's re-signed with North. Um, uh, McBride and Hurd, uh, Tom Hurd, have um, re-signed as Category B rookies uh, at Essendon. There's a couple of little things in there as well. Bronze today for Daniel um, Michael uh, in the... BC3, uh, Bocci, uh, Bocci class. He won bronze in that. Uh, Carol Cook was amazing. 60 years of age, uh, claimed silver in the women's T1, T2 time trial. Second oldest Australian woman to make the podium of a Paralympics. There's some big events on tonight as well. So good luck to all of our athletes in the Paralympics this evening. Back to wrap it up uh, on the other side of this. Still time for your calls, though. So it would only stop, Paddy, if somebody took the stance to make it stop. So who could lead that? Well, it's plays, Jerry, but it's easy for us to, to stay on the stands. It's harder to do once you step foot on the field. So, you know, it's it's not going to happen overnight. We all have to keep each other and try to continue to keep each other accountable. But it's an emotional game. The same reason why you love watching the passion that the players show is the same reason why... At different stages, players will talk back to umpires. So you can't have it both ways. Yes, we need to improve it as players, but still human, still emotional, and sometimes it spills over the edge. A very small snippet of a great chat today between Jared Whiteley and Paddy Dangerfield. SEN.com.au if you wanted to hear that. Of course, all the podcasts are up there. Gary and Tim, uh, Jared, Dwayne, uh, Bob and Andy as well throughout the course of the day. I just wanted to read this text as well because I think this is a great point. Uh, I've been listening to you for a long time. I've been a Carlton member for over 20 years. While I have agreed the Carlton have been embarrassing of their handling with Teague, I believe it's time to temper, pun, I like it, your obvious uh, continuation of this subject. We have been hit over the head as we deserved. However, there must be a time when we put this behind us. We did not appoint Ross, but simply invited him to throw his hat in the ring. Your sarcasm does not do you any justice. I enjoy your program. We are hurting. But we need to go forward. Uh, thanks for that text. Um, you're right. I was being a bit of a smartass uh, in regards to that. Probably just I, I haven't. Re- I really have not. Uh, I really haven't respected the way in which David Teague has been treated. But there's no need to continue to. Flog a dead horse, as they say, and thank you for that text. It's a great way of doing it when others would probably just throw back a bit of abuse, but I really do appreciate that text. Uh, Michael, Sam, has no one realised the following? Uh, if Toby Green's suspension is increased by three games, it'll put him on 14 games suspended, close to the threshold of life suspension. I'm not sure that applies to AFL. I'll double-check that. Um, shame the AFL didn't appeal some of the throwing elbows earlier in the season and Neil touching the umpire. Yeah, that doesn't that looks really out of whack now that they're appealing this and didn't appeal the locking Neil. Uh, and Sammy, what about the athlete who had practice in his parents' dam, won a bronze in the backstroke? That's Cole Pierce. I spoke to him last week, SEN.com.au. Uh, driver's seat's up next. Thank you, everybody. Have a great night. Stay safe. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? 
Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.